welcome to the We Are The Church podcast, hosted by me, Adam, and my beautiful wife, Brianna. Throughout the podcast, you'll hear and experience people's stories of faith in action to encourage, strengthen, and inspire you. Hear the real-life stories of people from Guymere Baptist Church and our local community. There will be a few laughs, serious chats, and amazing encounters with God through the love and hope of Jesus Christ. We pray that this podcast reaches you on a deep level and encourages you on your own journey of discovery and faith. Welcome to the We Are The Church podcast. You're with Adam and Brianna, but Brianna's not here tonight. She's got some things going on, but that's cool. We've got Matt Willis with us tonight. Hey, Matt. Hey, how you going, mate? So, good man. And yourself? Oh, I'm ready for this. Yeah. I'm excited to be here. You're pumped? You're pumped? I am so pumped. Basically, the podcast is about fleshing out and finding out about what's going on in someone's life, and we're going to find out about Matt tonight. Matt's going to give us the lowdown on who he is, all right? <laughs> that's what's happening. So, yeah, welcome you, Matt, and good to see you. It's great to good see to you, Good to be mate. in person. It's a I strange, know, right? what a special treat <laughs> yeah, during definitely. lockdown. Yeah. So, tell us a little bit about yourself. What's going on? What is something we might not know, maybe? Oh, geez. I mean, I'm an open book, so that question always um, <laughs> really stumps me because I feel like I tell everyone everything about me. But, um, you know, I'm I'm married to an incredible woman named Sam. We've got three beautiful young boys, Harper, Milo and Zeke. Yep. Um, I am the associate pastor here at GBC. It's a new gig. Um, nice. Which, yeah. It's, um, Doing well, by the way. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I need all the um, all the encouragement I can get. It's, yep. been a, it's been a tumultuous year to start a new role, oh, particularly uh, a leadership role like this. But, you know, mm. I'm learning heaps and loving, loving life. I don't know. Like, is that enough? Is it like, what else do you want to know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you're a dad. We know that. Um, yep. And um, yeah, and kids are kids. Are, kids, kids are doing kids. well. Kids are, doing are well. yeah. Kids are kids are kids. They're they're young ones, right? They're young. Yeah, we've got Harper who's in school, so he's in year one. Milo will actually be starting school next year. We just got his cool. um, acceptance letter. Oh, that's the um, big tick. That's the what big you want. Tick. Yeah, pretty good because we're applying out of area. So that's always oh, a win. Even better. And then, um, yeah, Zeke's just, you know, he's trying to figure out how to walk. So oh, like cool. not metaphorically, but like actually learn <laughs> yeah. how to walk. So nice. that's the literal, the literal yeah. thing. Yeah. So changing gears a bit from family, mm. um, is there a particular book, movie or series that has influenced you in your faith journey? Oh, in my faith journey, man, I mean, like <laughs> maybe in my life, but um, faith journey. Oh, do you know what? Yes, there is. And I can't believe I've got a, a quick answer for this, but um, <laughs> it's called Heroes and Monsters by Josh Rybock. And okay. he's an American author and he just kind of, he tells his faith story, but he tells it in this outrageously creative, imaginative way nice. um, that just kind of draws you in and he does it in a way that is just so beautifully written and um, and you see yourself so much in his in the way he talks about faith and the way he talks about the challenges and the victories and I guess navigating the terrain of, of a relationship with Jesus and surrendering yourself over mm. to okay. who God is. And wow. um, yeah, I just remember it was the, it is the only time in my life that I have written to an author. Oh, um, that inspirational. Yeah, it really was. It was okay. just, and just kind of thanked him and um, 
Get and a response? Was, he did. Oh, yes. I know. That's the best. Right? Like, granted, six months later. But, <laughs> still, um, still, it's good. But, yeah, like, what a legend, right? Yeah, cool. And, um, yeah, so I, I think it's the, I dare say, and I'm not sure if this is a good or a bad thing, but it is the only Christian book that I've ever read cover to cover. Okay. Um, so <laughs> Maybe that's why you wrote to him. Yeah, well, <laughs> but it just, it, it, it gripped me so much from from beginning to end. Yeah, cool. It was just real and raw and very nice. honest. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Okay, so that's it. So it was a book. Yeah, a book that really. It was a you. book. Yeah, nice. in terms of my faith. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Okay. So when did you become a Christian? I think we know this, but let's just assume people don't know this. Let's just assume. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's, it's a, it's. There's no real clear. I mean, I say I became a Christian at 17, and I think it's it was yeah. at that age that I made. A, a solid decision and kind of like rubber hit the road for me. Mm-hmm. I, I'd been on a journey of faith for probably four years at that point. Yep. Uh, I, I grew up in a, in a family who I guess would call themselves Catholic. Um, and what that meant for me growing up was uh, like I went to a Catholic school and I did okay. my Catholic sacraments. Yep. So, I mean, if the Catholics have it right, I'm set because I've done it all. <laughs> um, it. Yep. I've, I've done my confirmation and all that kind of jazz. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so I, I, like for me, my journey of faith was not one of discovering if there is a God, okay. um, but it was one of discovering who God was. Right. And I don't think I fully made that discovery until my teens. Okay. So, you know, growing up in, in a Catholic school, in a Catholic home, you know, we went to we went to church until I was about seven or eight. And so I knew the stories of God. Um, I knew scripture. And and so there was never a time that I doubted the existence of God. He was always a given Mm. in my mind and in my world. Um, The the thing that I struggled with the most um, as I started to kind of grapple with faith was, well, who who is God? what is his character? Because some of my experiences in my early life led me to the conclusion that he was not someone who was good. Mm. He was powerful, yes. Okay. He had authority, yes. But he wielded that in a very destructive and toxic way is the way I perceived it. And it wasn't until mm. I was kind of mid-teens yeah. that I started to realize, well, actually, God isn't the problem as I've seen him but he's actually the solution and yeah, just kind of yeah, nice. found myself at 17 kind of going, if I'm actually going to do this, if, I, if this is actually going to be my life, then I kind of need to pull my finger out a little bit and, and do it. And so I did. That's so good. <laughs> it's and good to it come is. to realize, that realization quite at a young age as well. Yeah. I, I know guess in so. your teens, but yeah, still it's pretty remarkable, right? Well, what they say that 80% of people make a decision of faith before they're 18. So mm. I'm just, you, you know, just got in there. I'm just <laughs> I'm just working that statistic, but um That's it. Yeah, abs- well, yeah, I'm really you know, it, it's funny like particularly someone who didn't grow up in the church. Mm. It's really easy to kind of go, "Oh, I didn't know God until." Mm, um mm. and the beauty of hindsight is I look back on my life and even, you know, even as young as like six or, or even just, you know, if you consider the family that I was born into who are incredible people and who have really, you know, supported my decisions to, to step into my faith in a far more kind of extreme way to what they were used to. Yeah. 
Um, there are so many things that God was doing that I just look back and I was like, man, there you were. Like, <laughs> I see you. Um, Love it. Yeah, it's just crazy. So, like, to me, I'm like, oh, it was a, it was never a question that I was going to give my life to Jesus because when you look back, you're like, oh, like, how could I hide from it? Like, how could mm. I avoid it? It was always going to be there. So, yeah. yeah. If anything, it took me a while. Yeah, that's still, <laughs> to get there. It's, good, it's a good journey, though. It's good yeah, to, it's good, and it's good that you're saying you could look back and see the. Um, the progress that you made, oh yeah, even in the early days, mm, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So we know you surf here at GBC. That's quite clear. Yes, um, it is true. Do you do anything in the local community? Other like, is it GBC based, or do you do some other things as well? I mean, I think I'm at the season of life. You know, I've got young kids, as I said, and and yeah, one yeah. of them is yeah. you know now a part of a school community and all sure, of that. Sure. So I find that my, my son is now an awesome avenue for mm-hmm. other opportunities outside of church. Obviously, okay. majority of my time is yep. spent serving the community here at sure. GBC and yep. serving the wider community through the avenues available at GBC. Yeah. Um, yep. But this year, up until COVID ruined everything, I <laughs> was – like I took up the – the coaching role of my son's soccer team, oh, which is like, cool. it's laughable for anyone who knows me because <laughs> yeah, I listen no, to like I'll, you don't know much about sport, no, right? Apparently. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. Um, not only do I not know much about sport, but like, nor do I have any athletic. <laughs> prowess, skill, um, ability. Um, it's I still just, think you'd make an all right coach though. Like you know how to lead. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> and, and that's that's been the one um, blessing of uh, coaching a bunch of seven-year-olds is that it's less about <laughs> skill development yeah. and more about um, attention, uh, keeping their attention and keeping them focused on on a task. So, yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, like in the moment at, at this current time, that, you know, I'm working to my gifts, but there will there will come a time <laughs> where I will have to hand it over to someone far more capable than myself. <laughs> that, that's totally cool. Who has been the most significant in supporting you in your Christian walk, like a person? Yeah. Do you know what? Like I'm, I'm really fortunate that it's – I can't think of just one. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm – and, and I'm, you know, I'm – I'm aware that that's a very um, fortunate position to be in. Um, sure. God has been super faithful with me. Mm-hmm. I think because he knows that connection and relationship is so significant to me that he's definitely mm. used people around me at, at, at a number of different times sure. to, to play key parts in my role, yep. in my in, key roles in my journey, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I came to faith as a result of, attending a youth camp out in Cobbity called Teen Ranch okay. um, in the school holidays. I was invited by a friend who was not a Christian. He just didn't want to go by himself. And I was all <laughs> about, <the> yeah, <laughs> heck yes. Um, and I was all about outdoor rec, which this camp was just full of. Yeah, cool. I had no idea that it was a Christian camp. Showed up first night. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, it, like talk about. <laughs> Blow it like, away. Yeah. I was like, oh, hello. Um, <laughs> Cause the like, Bible's they, they, what? <laughs> had, well, yeah, like legit. It was, it was kind of crazy. Like, and yeah. You know, we just finished having dinner on the first night and they hustle us into the hall and this guy starts talking about Jesus and I was just like, what the? Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, some really significant leaders in in that stage. I was 13 when I started going there and that's really where I kind of explored faith. When I was 17 and kind of made that decision, you know, one of the, one of the reasons why I kind of felt like I was getting a bit of a spiritual 
kick up the butt, so to speak, was because I had a really solid friend who who was a Christian, about 18 months older than me, who kicked me up the butt, like, and, and who was the, the physical representation of what God was trying to tell me, which was, Hey, like it's time. Um, that was really significant. Um, the leaders here at GBC have, have shaped me in a number of ways, my wife, Mm -hmm. um, and her journey of faith and her faithfulness and devotion. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. The list, the list could go on. (laughs) No, that's beautiful though. That's nice that God's given you so many people Mm. to intersect with during your journey that has helped you with your journey. And do you know what's great? Like, and I just, you know, I really appreciate the way God works sometimes (laughs) because sometimes it it honestly feels like when one friendship, not as wrapping up as in like Mm. we stopped being mates, but like when that season of of the dynamic of the friendship working in, in that way of my discipleship kind of was mm. wrapping up. Mm. It wasn't long before some, someone else kind of came into my life yeah. and I was like, Hey, you can be my new, like <laughs> Jesus bestie. Like this yeah, is awesome. That's so good. So yeah, it's been, I mean, I'm really thankful for it. <laughs> yeah. It's great. It's great. What is your take on discipleship and how do you live that out? My take on discipleship. Listen, I think, I think discipleship is, uh, it's a never-ending desire to come closer to God. Mm. Um, it is a never-ending desire to deepen our understanding about who he is, um, the life that he has called us into, the gifts that he has given us, the the magnitude of ways in which he makes himself known to us and communicates with us and, and works both through us and around us and for us. It's just a, it's a continual growing of intimacy and knowledge of who God is. And so how I live that out is by never fooling myself into believing that I've got it worked out. There is always more for me to learn. There is always more for me to grow. I am always, you know, past conceded, like improvement (laughs) required, like um, Matt needs to pay more attention on this, you know, enthusiastic, but requires attention, Um, (laughs) you know, whatever the, whatever the teacher report kind of vibe is, but, um, and just, just being aware of that and just, you know, I guess humbling myself a little bit because Mm. it's so easy to kind of you know, and I have seasons of this, I'm not free from it, but to sure. get into routines and rhythms that yep, yep, yep. seem helpful, but can kind of become detrimental because then it just becomes about the rhythm and the routine and not mm. about what we're actually trying to do here and what we're trying to develop here and grow. Yeah, um, yeah. And so, you know, it's about being honest with yourself and having on, honest conversations with yourself, or, or at least it is for me about, Hey, like, where do you need to be growing? Yep. And, you know, we've just actually finished this incredible series about discipleship mm-hmm. and these five relational contexts in which discipleship can grow and mm. and how discipleship is kind of fostered in different ways. And I've just found that so, so beneficial for me because it's like, okay, like what, which which space, which area of my life do have I been neglecting? Mm-hmm. Um, and is that a seasonal thing? Like is that just, hey, with where I'm at at the moment, maybe I can't give too much attention to that? Mm-hmm. One of the freedoms of this 
series was that, you know, it's not about getting all five and being a master of all of them. Yeah, yeah. Because as I said, discipleship is a continual process. It's That's a journey. Right. We're never going to master it. Oh, yeah. Like, spoiler alert. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're Wait always going to gonna he- suck a little keep, bit. We've like. got to get to heaven first, guys, and then yeah. we'll, we'll be – and even yeah. then we'll still yeah. be working on it then. <laughs> <laughs> and even then there's going to be someone there who's better at it than us. And his name is Jesus. That's right. And that's exactly. okay. And that's fine. Because it's always good to have a best friend who's better at things yeah. than you. So, Someone you know, to look up to, I'm, right? I'm all for it. But um, yeah. yeah, like I think it's just, you know, so for me it's it's about having those, just those honest conversations with yourself. And mm. someone once said to me, and I, like it's so true, they're like, I think the, the you know, from a from a non-Christian perspective, one of the things that is so weird about the church and about yep. being a Christian is that we call those in our community to self-reflect on their flaws regularly. Mm. It's like, where else do you really like have that kind of self-awareness <laughs> or even just like self like exposure and vulnerability? Yeah. And it can be scary and, and obviously it can be done poorly, but there's a, there's a beautiful thing in that. And I love that. I love when that is done graciously and with mercy and patience and love in a Christian community as the body of Christ. I'm like, Ooh, like yeah, I'm here for it. that. Like, oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah, I'm re- like, like, you know, ask, ask me, like, I'll tell you what I'm bad at. Like <laughs> I'll tell you what I'm working at. I'll tell you how I'm always trying to mm. um, discern where God wants me to grow because there are plenty of areas. Mm. I'll just focus on one for now though. Cause I don't want to, overwhelm myself but yeah yeah well yeah. i was listening to a big three today funnily enough you're on oh, that. you're on that are you not free plug <laughs> yes please well and you were something about humility was one something you had to work on oh my it. gosh and raider <laughs> and raider totally shamed me and was like you need to keep working on that matt willis awkward yeah, that was from a series that he did maybe yeah i would have to say it was it was probably about five years ago it was not long after mark became the senior pastor it was talking about virtues okay and again it was that beautiful um Mm -hmm. invitation to co like hey don't try and be perfect at everything Mm -hmm. choose one yeah well Um, that touched me today i'm like i'm gonna just find work on one thing yes i need to work on let the holy spirit lead me and tell me what i should do and and work on that one thing it was it was like a Epiphany for me today. Yes. It was so good. But you know what? Like project managers and mm. like and the like have been saying that to us for decades, right? <laughs> like yeah. you don't just kind of try and tackle the project as a whole. You mm. you tackle tasks mm. that help you achieve the overall goal of your project. Yeah. You can't just come in and go, I'm gonna be the best Christian ever. One, because that's a really bad goal because it's not realistic and it's yeah. not achievable. Yeah, but yeah. also because like, yeah. man, that's a that's a project. Mm. Okay, what am I working on today? Well, you know, today I could work on, um, <laughs> you know, a, a little bit more intentional time in prayer or I could work on, you know, my temper um, because sometimes I get really impatient, yeah, um, yeah. particularly when I'm driving places, you know. Amen. 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 I see I that hand. I drive for a living. I get I, that. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I see that hand. I, um, I think that's what the Holy Spirit sent me to work on was patience. Yeah, so I'm like, go. I'm done. Listen to that calling. But, yeah, like, you know, choose one thing and mm. and one that makes discipleship far more attainable. Yeah, definitely. Uh, far less overwhelming. But, you know, you do that enough for the rest of your life. You choose one thing a week, a month, one thing a month Yeah. for every month for the rest of your life. Man, you're going to get to know Jesus real good. Yeah, and you'll um, grow. Yes, too, eh? yes, yeah. and and you'll get rid of all the ugh, all the 
guilt and shame that comes with not being good enough. Mm. Oh man, I grappled with that so much as a young person and it sucks and it's just so Mm. not God's way. He's not here to guilt us or shame us. Sure, like, you know, a a soft conviction here or there, Mm. like a a, a firm kind of, you know, hey, are you serious right now? Like, (laughs) but, but never... Like there's such a, a a devotion to his kind of pruning of us yeah. Um, yeah. and care of us and kind of um, shaping of us that, yeah, anyway, I could I could just keep going, but I'm going to stop there. <laughs> no worries, bro. So here's the question for you. Oh, the question. The question. Dum, dum, dum. Dum, dum, dum. What is a significant turning point slash, I feel like putting a slash in there. A slash, I'll take it. Or face story in your life where you have seen or experienced God at work. A significant story. Oh, man. I mean, God at work in my life. Yes. Okay. So I can't use other people's. Okay, fine. I guess they'll have to come on to the podcast. Um, yes. Oh, man. I mean, like, the the obvious one is, my like, my call into ministry. Mm-hmm. But... One of the things that I love about God and and the way that he works with me in my life, and this isn't the same for everyone, but he knows what works for me and I appreciate his willingness (laughs) to kind of work with me. But God has always drip fed me. Mm. He's never just just thrown it all at me at once. Mm -hmm. He's just kind of given me piece by piece and and led me on a journey. Think like Hansel and Gretel with the breadcrumbs. Like I'm making my way to, I don't know, am I making my way to the gingerbread house or am I making my way home? Like probably home. That's probably better. Home, yeah. Yeah, let's go there. Um, (laughs) Flip it on on its head. Well, I just really (laughs) like junk food. So like I just, I want the food. Um, But no, we'll head home. Um, So he's he's always done that. And so there, there have been a number of significant things in my life that have kind of shaped that that calling and it, and it did come to a head but let me just back up a little bit yeah um, reverse and just give some context so like i said i became a christian attending teen ranch yep and as you know as i kind of made a decision of faith i started volunteering there and mm-hmm. getting involved in the work there yep. and i remember the moment i was there on a weekend and there was an organization there um i wish i knew its name i'm sure i could google it but it was a mentoring program for teenagers. Mm-hmm. Um, and the criteria for the teenagers to be a part of the mentoring program was that they had attempted to hurt themselves and their lives within within the last 12 months. And, okay. and so they were put with a mentor. Yep. And it was a Christian organization. And it, it came to this night on this weekend that they were there. And the I'm going to get choked up talking about it because it's still this really profound moment that I can see vividly. But the mentors came in. And um, someone was talking about um, when Jesus washed his disciples' feet. And so oh, the mentors came in. Wow. Oh, here I go. And they washed the kids' feet. Oh, um, my goodness. And like these kids, oh, gosh, what that meant for them, the the value and the worth and mm-hmm. that, that it spoke into them. And obviously it was a culmination of a number of things that these mentors had been working with these kids for a number, like months now and yeah. they'd been doing a lot of work that weekend and kind of come to this beautiful moment. I remember I was just standing outside watching in mm-hmm. and just in that moment knew that God was kind of saying like, you know, you're going to wash people's feet. Like you're going to, and, mm. and particularly like mm. I want you to love young people the way these people are loving oh, young people. Oh, wow. And um, so I was like, all right, th- this is it. And, you know, mm. that was kind of the first 
breadcrumb. So, you know, yeah. I was kind of the end of high school. Yeah. I, um, like many English students in Australia, I read Raw, um, which is this um, Australian book about kind of like a, it's called The Farm and it's about um, kids who are, it's kind of a halfway house between juvie. So kids who are in trouble with the law, sure. it's like the okay. last ditch effort to rehabilitate them. Anyway, so I was all inspired. I, I'd had this significant moment. I'd read this really cool book. Nice. And so I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to study psychology. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to help young people in cool. this way. So okay. I did. Cool. Um, Good. And I did that. And I thought that's where I'm going. That's fantastic. And while I'm studying psychology, while I'm working in that kind of field, I took on the internship role here at GBC and I'm working in youth ministry, um, kind of shaping ministry and walking alongside young people. I was loving it. Yeah. And another breadcrumb was the opening of our building. Um, so, you know, we got the new auditorium and then the not so new auditorium. Ah. When the new auditorium opened, I remember Brett Davies spoke um, Brett Davies is the, like one of the founders of Christian Surfers. It, it was birthed out of Gaimi Baptist and he spoke. And I, again, I still vividly remember his message and it was be the one to start the movement. Oh, and wow. um, I'm there in church after running a Bible study with a bunch of teenage boys and the boys are there with me in church and they're standing next to me. And I remember again in that moment, God just kind of saying, you know, this is the harvest. Like this is... Oh. This is how I want you to love young people. Oh, my goodness. And I'm like, all right, Lord, I just got this degree, but sure, <laughs> like, let's go. Um, yeah. And so that resulted in me and my wife. We were actually getting married that year. Mm-hmm. So we were we were given the opportunity to be a part of a church plant that came out of GBC. Yeah. Went there, were there for three years, learnt heaps. And, and over the course of those three years, I was working in high schools um, and working, at, like not working for, but working within the church um, that we planted and really just got the sense of, you know, I, I have an inkling here that ministry's where I'm meant to be at. Yeah. But life just didn't, life didn't seem to be opening the doors the way I kind of thought they were. I'd had these really significant moments. I'd had these breadcrumb moments where God was kind of drip feeding me and preparing me. I'd learned mm. heaps through all of it, yep. through being a caseworker, a, a counselor, working in high schools, working mm. in church ministry. Mm. God had taught me heaps. And I truly believe that that was his plan. I don't think I was misreading the signs. Yeah, sure. You know, this breadcrumb <laughs> trail was, was yep. intentional on his part. Mm. And I remember um, my wife and I, we'd moved back to the Solenshire. We were back at GBC. We'd just had our our first son. And I was working um, in government work in child protection at the time and and knowing that I needed to change. And I had a real sense that that the next step, the next role that I was going to step into, that that was really going to shape my career, let's say. Yeah, right. And so I remember after church one night just, Sam had gone to bed and Harper was asleep and I just kind of in the darkness in my living room prayed mm. and I'd applied for a whole bunch of different jobs, none of which I was overly excited about, but mm. I was like, whatever. Yeah. This is, so this is getting to the answer of your question. The breadcrumbs have led to this moment. I'm right. here in my living room, just kind of praying for a job, but praying that God would reveal the job. Sure. I, I, like, again, I, I really felt like I was on the precipice of something big. Mm, um, mm. And that it was really going to shape me. It was going to shape the work I did and the focus that I would have for the rest of my life. Yeah. And I'm praying, and 
you know, probably one of the most profound moments of prayer I've ever had because I really undeniably heard the voice of God in a way that I'd never really experienced before. Wow. Um, which, you know, was a little bit scary, um, but, <laughs> but profound. Mm. And, um, and it was just a name, Abraham. Okay. And what was incredible and what really affirmed that this was God for me was although all I heard was a name, what I understood was everything. Yeah. Like all of a sudden, like in the name, I understood the full story of what God was actually getting at. And it was mm-hmm. this whole idea that God made a promise to Abraham and all Abraham had to do was wait, was wait for the fulfillment of God's promise. Mm-hmm. And he didn't. And even though he didn't, God still blessed the the product of, of, of his, I guess, yeah. um, Abraham's, you know, impatience. Mm. And so it felt like there was a promise in that, like, hey, you do what you, like, you can do what you want to do. Go for whatever job you want. I'll bless it. Mm -hmm. You know, I love you. I'm going to bless you. Mm -hmm. But there is a promise. And if you wait, Mm -hmm. if you would just wait, like, it's the promise. It's, it's Isaac. Like, wow, what a big one, eh? It was. And I remember talking to Sam about it because I, like, I, w- I was working in, you know, really hard job. And and ultimately what I didn't know was that I was up for the hardest year of my life. Um, mm, working mm. in in child protection, it's not easy. And it, it had its impact on me in, in a very kind of detrimental way. Mm. But uh, but the only thing that kind of kept me going was I'm, I'm holding out for this promise. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and that moment was so profound that it actually got me through 12 months of deteriorating mental health and um, physical health and, you know, it impacted relationships and Mm. yeah, like it just, but that moment of clarity, it was just so potent that like Mm. I could still taste it 12 Mm. months down the track Mm. Um, to the point where um, I had no idea what the promise was. Um, mind you. So I'm like, okay, I'm waiting for something. It's going to be great. i got no <laughs> idea what it is. This is awesome. Yeah. Being faithful is great. Um, I can see why Abraham did what he did. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. For sure. And Abraham had to wait like, A you know, time, decades. Yeah. And I'm here like, oh man, 12 months. This is rough. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, like, and, you know, I remember kind of getting a sense of clarity about I, th- I think I know where I'm being called. I'm being called into ministry here at GBC and I'm pretty sure it's the youth ministry, mm. which is super awkward when someone's in the role because it's like, yep. well, how do you go up to someone and be like, hey, you're in my seat, um, <laughs> yeah. which I did not do because um, <laughs> that would have been rude. But, um, of you know, again, a, a, just another challenge to kind of wait um, mm. and, and be patient in that in that space. But. I'm thankful that I was because I like I, you know, I still remember the moment when Mark asked me, "Oh, would you mind being? You know, we need a youth coordinator. Would you mind interim, like being interim for for a term? Just like just make sure that the Friday nights program. He was trying to be like he was like, it's really not going to be that much work. Like, please just. And I was I remember just being <laughs> like, oh, um, yeah, absolutely. And just FYI, like I'm going to be applying. It was just this, mm. and it was oh, I remember like the relief. I was like, oh like I've arrived, like here mm, it is. Mm, um, and what's beautiful is, is as profound as that moment was yeah, um, and still kind of 
has changed my life in so many ways because it was that shift mm. in oh, yeah. who I am, what I do. Um, but what was incredible is, and I think I've spoken about this before, is that I assumed that the promise and that the fulfillment of the promise was stepping into that role. And so, like, I'd gotten to the promised land. Here I am. Like, it's here. Uh, I've arrived. Yep. Sweet. <laughs> like, you know, live my best life. <laughs> what has happened is I've realized that actually there have been, even after that really significant moment, God's still dropping breadcrumbs. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, wait a second. Like, you're not at the finish line. I'm yet. not at the finish line yet. <laughs> um, and obviously, yep. you know, that that in and of itself has been a huge journey and, and one that I've been on in the last five years and, mm. and one that I wasn't prepared for. And mm. kind of, you know, I'm, I'm in a role now that I never saw myself in. Um, it's only that, you know, history would suggest that when God makes a promise, you, like you've got to patiently and faithfully... <sighs> you know, step into that. And so yeah, yeah. this is this is me to the best of my ability <laughs> trying to do that. And, you know, it's crazy. Like, I, you know, we said I've this is my first year in this role. It's been a tumultuous one. And already I'm like, oh, God, yeah, this is where you want me. Like mm-hmm. this is yeah. – I can see now that the journey is not finished and I can actually see that, mm. that there could and probably is so much more on the horizon that yeah. you're trying to do – in me and through me and for me. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, yeah, so like I'm very much, I'm just picking up the crumbs as they come. Yeah. I've strapped in for the ride and I'm, <laughs> I'm ready to go. Yeah, nice. You're on the roller coaster. I'm on the roller coaster. <laughs> yeah. That's great. What an amazing story. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> you would. I'm a bit attached. <laughs> nah, good stuff. So how has the ch- how has this changed your life? Like what is it about that mm. story? What's it mean to you now? Oh, well, I mean, it's changed everything. Okay. Um, yep. It's it's changed it's changed my oh gosh, it's changed my view of um who God made me to be. Mm. I think I um I mentioned before, you know, worth and value was something that I struggled with as a young person. Mm -hmm. And so I'd always really um, condensed my potential um, to something really small. And, you know, there's something powerful in in God kind of unlocking that and releasing that and Mm. kind of bit by bit making it clear to me and kind of revealing to me like, like there's, there's a lot of there's a lot worthy in this, um, mm. in, in me, there's a lot of value in me. And he's like, and, and when I unlock that, like what that is going to do, like, whew, like you just wait. And mm. that's, that like, that's been, oh, it's been healing. It's been enriching. It's been encouraging. It's been humbling. Mm. Um, so we, mm. so just from it, like <laughs> as a human, it's completely, um, transformed, my own understanding of what it means to be made in the image of God. Like, so just like 30,000 foot level, like profound (laughs) stuff, like just kind of existential questions about who I am. (laughs) But then I think it's also, you know, what's that saying? You know, uh, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Oh, yeah, yeah. I do that already. Yeah, And I'm a a delivery for florists and I'm just like, I love driving. (laughs) I love the reactions I get, yep. you know, if you love your job, you're not really working, yeah. you know. And I I remember working in casework 
Mm. And I remember counting down every minute. Mm. And now I come into yeah. my day and mm. next minute it's five o'clock. <laughs> and I'm like, oh gosh, I've got to go home. I, like people are waiting for me. But, you know, I'm I'm being stretched. I'm I'm getting new opportunities. I'm learning so much, you know. Mm. But, you know, there's a... There's a flip side to it as well. Like it's there's a there's a cost mm. um, to be? to being in ministry the way I'm in ministry. I sure, think you know sure. my family pay the price sometimes for um, mm. you know my serving the church. Yeah, and thankfully I work in a in an environment where and I work with incredible leaders who know that, acknowledge that, and mm. support me in that. Yeah. Um, yep. But yeah, like it's not as if it's being changed by God is <laughs> not an easy process. It's uh, an, a beneficial one, absolutely. It's the best one, mm, mm. but it's hard. Like oh, yeah. you know, and I, I, I have, you know, still doubt whether or not I'm the right person, whether I'm doing the right things, whether or not I, you know. Is Gaimi Baptist Church going to come crumbling down because I made the wrong decision about something? I don't know. Didn't pay the right bill. Um, but like I said, it, this this decision has completely changed the trajectory of my life. Mm. I There was a while when I started the role that I was like, oh, maybe I'll go back to social work. You know, I'll, I'll be here. This is the promised land. I'll be here for a season. Mm. Um and then, you know, my time will come and I'll move on, make way for the next person. I'm okay with that. And now I realize very definitively that I'll never leave the church. Mm. Um, that's good. That this is that, where... That's, that's good to come to that decision, like that realization. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. I don't know what that's going to look like. I yeah. don't know um, that's great though. where that will be. Mm. Um, it definitely feels here for now um, yeah, and for yeah. a, like for a while. <laughs> um, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mark would never let me. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I realize now that this is like, this is my calling. This is mm. how God is going to use me for his kingdom. Mm. And I, I guess, you know, that's a, that's a shift that, well, one is hard to kind of make as an individual, mm. but then it's you've also got other people that you need to help understand the shift. Mm. I don't think my wife was at all surprised. I'm sure she knew before I did mm. that this was where I was headed. Yeah, sure. Um, she makes the comment that when she married me that she was marrying a pastor, but, right. you know, I wish she had have told me a little bit sooner, but that's <laughs> fine. Um, so that was easy, but, you know explaining it to my family. Mm. So how did they react? Like, cause are uh, Catholics still uh, most of them or? Yeah. I like, I guess um, like they've, they've not gone to a church um, since oh, I was eight. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, but you were know, ex- like. Were they accepting? Yeah. I mean, I've got an incredible family. Yeah, cool. Um, That's good. Yeah, we're, we're, also, we're almost a little bit too much in each other's pockets. It's a bit <laughs> weird, but um. Listen, like I like I know for my parents it was a journey. So I think by the time I stepped into an associate pastor role, um, mm-hmm. they were like, "Yeah, sure, makes sense." Yeah, in the yeah. early days, I think they were like, "Oh, what does this mean?" And mm. you know, obviously, it, it's it's a, a world that they don't fully understand, and so it's hard to yeah. help them understand at times. Mm. Um, 
but yeah, to, I mean, to, to answer your question, it's changed everything. Yeah. It's changed who I am, how I live, the, the way I'm going to spend my time. Mm. Like, mm. yeah, everything. Yeah, that's, that's huge. <laughs> <laughs> it is, yes. Um, it's confronting, it's intimidating at times, but um, mm. it's also exhilarating, you know, I'm aware that it's a very privileged position that I, you know, although it's had its challenges, stepping into this role makes certain things really easy. Mm. You know, I never have to worry about whether or not my work friends will give me attitude about my faith, <laughs> um, yeah. which, you know. Yeah, the persecution's gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I, well, in, in the work environment. In the work environment. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, so it is a very privileged position. Uh, but, yeah, I'm aware that for anyone, whatever whatever it is in their life, the change that it can create can be equally as profound. Mm. It doesn't – you don't have to, like, commit your life to working in the church mm. to experience that kind of – oh, like, to put it plainly, like, rebirth, mm. um, you know – all of us can kind of have that opportunity, can have our lives changed in that way. Yeah. It might just, the story might be different, but yeah. the transformation. Different, but the transformation can be similar. It's yeah. very much the same, yeah. Yeah, the same, yeah. So how are you following Jesus? Like strip back the pastoral stuff that you do. <laughs> what about, what's Matt do? Mm. Like, how are you following Jesus? Oh, gosh. That is a... Broad question, but I'll, I'll tackle it. I mean, I I follow Jesus as simply and as regularly as I can. Sure. So I try not to overcomplicate it. Yeah. Um, again, I try not to kind of go project. I go task. Mm-hmm. I try and make sure that there is time in my day that is for me and mm. God. Sure. Me and my discipleship, me and and my deepening sense of relationship with God. Because mm. I guess one of the one of the challenges that I can face is, man, I read the Bible every day. Is it actually for me though? Pro- probably not. Um, it mm. might be for a sermon. It might be for a podcast. It might be you know because I'm just trying to <laughs> make my way through a master's degree. I don't know why I'm doing it, but I am. Um, That's cool. <laughs> is it? Is it, Adam? <laughs> Is it cool? I Sounds don't know. like a struggle. Um, <laughs> is it real? Oh, the struggle is real. Jesus, take the wheel, please. Lord. Right now. Right now. Um, and so so my challenge is, okay, I still need to be super intentional. Mm. I still need to be making a decision for me mm. to be following Jesus. And, you know, I've got to be honest, there are seasons where I'm not great at it. You mm. know, work, life, you yeah. know, gets big and busy and yeah. chaotic. And we all have our moments. We all have our moments. But for me, yeah. following Jesus is those simple, intentional um, practices. And I think I, one, of the, one of the lessons that I've been learning probably over the last five years is broadening my experience of spiritual practices. Mm. Um, I loved when Mark spoke about the divine context in our last series and the whole you and God and, and how too often we kind of confine quality time with God to just prayer and Bible. Yeah. But, you know, this is the God who created the universe. Surely, 
surely there's other ways he's a little bit more creative <laughs> in like it. meeting with us and yeah, and right. finding new and exciting and different ways to engage mm. with him and experience mm. him and have his will and his plans and his purposes revealed to us and so i kind of you know my following jesus is very much like well i want to learn that i want to explore that i want to experience mm. that mm. and then i think it's also you know i follow jesus as best i can in the way that I'm a husband to my wife, um, a father to my kids, uh, a son to my parents, a brother to my sisters, a friend to those who I do life with, mm. and try and, you know, in, in, in all that I do, again, not always well, but mm. in all that I do, mm. um, to live in, you know, with Jesus at the forefront of my mind, to have integrity in the way that I live and to practice what I preach. And I think my deepest desire is that without me saying anything, people would go, I think Matt's a Christian. Mm, that's that's cool. what I aim for. Mm. <laughs> well, I try to aim for, yes. <laughs> Sometimes you get the target. Sometimes I hit the target. Um, other times I miss, <laughs> but, um, you know. Again, discipleship is a, it's a journey, it's a progress and, mm. um, and I'm okay with that. Like I'm comfortable with that. I think there was a long time where I wasn't, I wanted everything now. Mm. Um, and now I'm just, what's the one thing, right? What's yeah. that one thing that today I'm going to work on that this week I'm going to work on that this month I'm going to work on. Yeah. yeah. That was a revelation for me. Yeah. yeah. It's powerful, right? It, is, it really is. such freedom in that oh, and, definitely. and such potential, man, so much potential. I'm just like, yeah, I like, I can see myself growing in this. Like, so yeah, that's, um, that's, I guess how I try and follow Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> nice. What's some advice you would give someone wanting to pursue a career similar to yours? Oh, geez. <laughs> Get your degree over early. Um, <laughs> oh, I think I would try anything. Like, and what I mean by that is, um, don't don't confine yourself to one lane, to one ministry, to one to one role. Uh, there is such potential to learn so much from so many different people within so many different contexts, and that's something that I've really loved as I've stepped into ministry here at GBC is just not only like not only the wealth of knowledge that exists here both within you know our church team but also just within our community my goodness some of the stories and mm -hmm. and experiences and lessons learned from the people that call GBC home like yeah. I'm floored by it regularly and mm. so but if I just kind of stuck in one lane I'd limit my ability to interact with those people so much and learn mm. from them. And, and so I think my biggest advice is like lean into those opportunities, like mm, mm. learn from people and, and, and learn about their journeys, their journeys of being involved in ministry of making, you know, those big decisions of, you know, following God's call on their life that might've led them into the church in, in, really kind of formal and definitive way. Mm. But yeah, I just, because I think by, by hearing those stories and, and learning from everyone's experiences, I've learned so much about myself in that. And it's, it's challenged me to consider 
um, things that I thought were weaknesses that are actually strengths and considered some of my strengths and how they can actually be weaknesses as well. Mm. And I've become, I, I think, a better leader because of it. Mm. And and it's really helped me, you know, shape the ministry that I'm a part of and my kind of part to play in that ministry. So simply put, like learn from people and learn from different people. Don't don't create a bubble for yourself, but like learn from people who you might disagree with. Mm. Oh, like Ooh. would you dare? Like <laughs> someone who completely disagrees with you has such a different view. Like Yeah, and that can like, be challenging but chat. and rewarding at the same time. Yeah. Mm. And I found myself in those conversations. Um mm. sometimes not by choice, but like <laughs> um I found myself in those conversations and mm. far out I've learned so much more about grace. And I've learned that, hey, I'm not always right. Go figure. Like that someone else might have a different point of view that's equally as valuable. Yeah, always learning from people because it's constantly shaping who I am and and how I lead and how I do ministry. Awesome. Mm. So good. Well, we've had Matt on the We Are The Church podcast. What a legend. Thanks for coming on, man. Oh, my pleasure. It's It's been an absolute ball and um, learned so much about you today. Some things we knew, but a lot we didn't know. So it was good. Um, thanks for sharing your story today, man. And um, you're always welcome on the mic if you ever want to come back. And um, we'll look forward to hearing you in future episodes of The Big Three. Thanks for listening to the We Are The Church podcast. We hope this inspired and encouraged you on your own journey of discovery and faith. If you or anyone you know has a faith story to share, please get in touch with us. You can reach us at office at guymebaptist.org.au. Also, if you would like to know more about Jesus, pray with someone, or come along to Guy Me Baptist Church, please check out the Guy Me Baptist Church website at guymebaptist.org.au. Until next time, I'm Adam. And this is Brianna saying, God, God bless, bless and, and peace, peace be, be with, with you. you.